Oh, it's good to see you this morning. It's good to be here with you. So good. Thank you for coming. Those of you here for the first time, uh, we're just delighted that you're here. We're in the third week of a series called Remain Every Day. Remain Every Day. The purpose of the series is to remind all of us together that God's presence and power is available to us right in our everyday moments, in the everyday stuff that we do. God is not just present in here on Sunday mornings or two or three big moments this coming year. God's presence and power are accessible to us every single moment, every mundane moment of our lives. Go for a walk, God's there. Go for a run, he's right there. Doing the dishes, changing a diaper. God is right there with you. Waiting in line after school to pick up the kids, there he is. Waiting in line at the drive-up window, McDonald's, there he is, waiting in line at the groceries. I don't know why I'm on this line thing, but uh, he's right there with you waiting in line. This morning, uh, we huddle up and we pray before the service, and we have all the worship leaders and the producer and everyone in the back room called the green room. This morning, Tim's question was, uh, when it's 30 below wind chill, what do you like to do? And I mean, the answers were all the way from like cook a good soup and climb under a blanket to go out and ski and snowshoe. So whichever of those you do, 30 below, God was right there with you, right there with you. Um, that's one of the beautiful things about praying sometimes during the day. Some, some of us have the habit of praying sometimes before a meal or praying before we go to bed or praying when we get up in the morning. And what that does for us is it reminds us God is right here with us. Last Sunday, Bradley did such a great job of reminding us that even when we feel alone, we're not alone. Remember that picture, if you were here last week or watched it online, Bradley had of that uh, a person in a room, in a dark room, and they thought they were alone, and there's the spirit right there. That's what we're trying to uh, communicate. Now, according to John 15, not only is God's presence accessible in everyday moments, but hear this. According to John 15, God uses the everyday moments to grow you up and help you be more mature and follow him better. God's work in you and me is a process, not an event, and the process takes place as we live our regular everyday lives. Personal heart and life change is always a process of God's grace, and he works right in the mundane details of our lives. One example, I, w- I would just like list. I've done, you know, as I've been in this church for a long time, I've done like hundreds of weddings, lots and lots of baptisms. And those are important events. But let me ask you this. Where does real love for your spouse grow? Did it, did it grow a lot in that moment when we did the big event? Or does it grow every day as you um, share laughter and hugs and jokes and uh, help with frustrations. Isn't that where it grows? Right there in those everyday things. So um, God uses the everyday to grow us. All four weeks of these teachings come from a chapter in the New Testament, John 15. And my verses today are John 15, 9 to 13. So let's take a look at these. As the Father has loved me. Now this, this is Jesus. And by the way, all of John 15, if you have a red-letter Bible, which means the red letters are the words spoken by Jesus, all of John 15 is red-letter. Jesus is speaking, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. 
If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Let me ask you this. When Jesus was sharing these words from John 15, and he was looking at his disciples, but I think, as great as he was, he was probably reflecting on the fact that we were going to be reading these words one day. Um, What was his thought about who he's talking to? And what I'm getting at here is like, what's the big story of God and humans as Jesus is saying these words? And so just let me remind you of the big story of God that is important as we live every day. Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then 27 verses later, Genesis 1-27, we have this on the slide. So God created mankind in his own image, in the image of God, he created them male and free. So as Jesus is talking to the disciples, he's going, hey, these people were created in my image. What does that mean? That means we're eternal. That means we can choose to love or not love. We can obey or not obey. We can sacrifice for others. We can worship. So the first part of God's grand story is you're created in his image. You have pieces of God in you. And the second part of God's story, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned, been broken, and fall short of the glory of God. The Apostle Paul knew this. Remember the verse where he says in the New Testament, hey, everything I want to do, I never find myself doing it. And everything I don't want to do, that's what I find myself doing. The Apostle Paul realized really deeply that there was sin in him. In fact, in Isaiah, it says this, all of us have become like one who is unclean. We have a slide. And all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. What does that mean? That means in my own motivation and sin, the best I can do is like a filthy rag to God. Boy, that's bad news, isn't it? That is bad news. The theological uh, word for this, actually theologians who study the Bible and come up with these big words, total depravity. Total depravity. That means like I'm totally depraved. Created in the image of God, broken by sin, depraved. A tendency in me to disobey God, to go my own way, to be greedy. Total depravity. Born with a default to sin. That's you. That's me. That's every teacher you'll ever have, every pastor you'll ever hear, every boss you'll ever work for, every child you'll ever give birth to. Every spouse you'll ever marry, totally depraved, totally depraved, broken by sin. Now, Jesus knows this, right? So he's talking to these disciples. And what's the result of that? Again, we're back to the big story of God. For the wages of sin, Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the good news But the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ. And Romans 5, 8. 
Uh, we have a, uh, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we're still sinners, Christ died for us. Okay, created in the image of God, broken by sin, a default towards depravity, right? That's us. But then Jesus dies for us. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So the big story of God, Jesus looks into these disciples' eyes. He tells them these words from John 15, and he realizes who he's talking to. And as we're sitting in the seats this morning, he realizes who he loves created in the image of God, broken by sin, redeemed by him when we believe. Okay, John 15. Uh, Back there, now let's see what he says again. Now, keeping in mind the big story of God, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. I brought a couple of props. Let's say this is the love of Jesus. I mean, maybe we need to make it bigger. This is the love of Jesus. The scriptures say quite a bit about his love. It says, it will never be turned off. It's every hour of 2024. Scriptures are pretty clear. He loves everyone every hour. In fact, the scripture says, for generations and generations... Psalm 136 says, his love endures forever. Now Jesus says, remain in this love. That's the challenge. That's the challenge of our series this month. It's not, is he going to love me? Yes. But it is, I need to remain in that love, right? Because my problem is that many times during the day, I don't sense his love. I'm down here. And then I need to put myself up here in his love so that I I understand and experience it. And that's why this prayer of examine bookmark that we're working on. As I've tried to do this prayer of examine that we've been, as a congregation, trying to think about for a while, every day just think about where God was present yesterday, Pretty simple. I've realized how terrible I am at it. I am like terrible. I can like get up in the morning, say a prayer in my devotions, and then go 12 hours and never think about the presence of God in my life. And I know some of you could do that too. And how is it that we just keep reflecting, keep being in his love? The rest of John 15, uh, we have a slide. Uh, For I am convinced that neither death nor life... Oh, this is, this is the part of his love goes on. His love goes on. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither in heights nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from his love. But I have free will. And I can move outside of his love and not be aware of it. 
So I was thinking, what would be a good symbol of this? And of course, you know, I was thinking, uh, a mirror. So I can like be outside his love or I can put myself up in his love. And then what does he say? He says, you are to love others as I've loved you. Okay? So now this week, one of the challenges is, can you find a way to feel and experience his power and his love during your day? Can you do it? Just stop and take a breath and maybe say a short prayer. Say, God, I'm just so glad you're always with me. Can you do that? Now, here's what I was thinking, though. This mirror is not a very good representation of you and me. This mirror is. I took a hammer to it. The producer last week up at Waverly said, well, Dave, I wish you'd have taken a hammer to it up front. No, you can't, because it like smashes everywhere. This is you, right? Broken by sin. This is every pastor you'll ever hear, every blogger you'll ever read, every parent you'll ever have, broken by sin, right? Young people, you get this. We need to understand this. Now, God still loves us, right? Now, I bring myself, and a broken mirror still reflects the love of Christ out there. In fact, when I understand I'm broken, I may reflect Jesus better. Hear me. Hear this. What does the Bible say? In our weakness, we see a strength. This is you. And people need to see the love of Christ. And you need to see the love of Christ reflecting in your life. And it's okay that you know you're broken. It's okay there are secrets in you nobody knows. It's okay. Because Jesus still loves you. And you're still able to reflect his love. Now, I was thinking about this truth. Stay with me now. I was thinking about this truth. And I was thinking about eight years ago. um, When many of you know that uh, in a tragic accident, our family lost uh, my son Ben and two grandchildren, Charlie and Bailey. And I was thinking we were so broken that there's not any way we could move into the love of Christ. There, there, uh, we were just broke. We were trying to breathe. We were trying to not groan out loud. We were, we were just trying to take the next breath. And you know what happened in that moment? Christ found us. I couldn't move inside his love. I could barely pray, but he found us, and then he started reflecting out of our incredible brokenness to a world that needs to see Jesus. I'm amazed 
at the opportunities we've had over the past eight years to share in places because of the tragedy and then how God took our broken mirror, completely broken, and shined his goodness into the world. I'm amazed. And the thing is, I know that some of you this morning are in that kind of a place. Maybe not that tragic, but you're in a really, really hard place. You know, so many things about it. And you realize, we're not doing it that well. Yep, I get that. But God's power can still be reflected as we go. Let me uh, review for you just a bit of what I'm trying to say. We have a slide on this. We need to... uh, This is the reflection. Love each other as I have loved you. We need to remember God's story. Remember that uh, created in the image, broken by sin, redeemed, bought back by Christ. We need to uh, not be surprised when people in our world all of a sudden show up broken. Right? Young people, every teacher, every coach, Every parent is broken. Don't let it surprise you when all of a sudden you discover they're broken. They are. They love you. They want to help you, but they're broken. Don't don't get discouraged. Don't get mad at God. We're just broken. Don't be surprised. Look for God's love to be reflected through imperfect people. We need to remain in Christ's love. And we need to, as best we can, move into that light of Christ's love and reflect it to others. Uh, And then the verse says something amazing. Jesus says, my joy will be in you and your joy will be complete. How do you find joy in this world? You recognize who you are. And you move into his love. And you reflect it to others as best you can. And Jesus says, that's where you find my joy. That's where complete joy is found. Hmm. And we label all that the good news. The good news that Jesus came to bring us. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to ask the band to come back and lead us in more worship. Let's pray together. Dear God, your story in the world is absolutely true. And it changes our lives. The fact that you explain to us how we're broken and why we're broken and how we're broken and you're still able to shine your light of love on us. Father, help us this week, even today, uh, move into that love.
better and better. Help us know you. Help us reflect your love. Help us, uh, even as we now start to uh, worship you through song, help it uh, be powerful to us. In Jesus' name, amen.